Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacy golden Lisnock. Hello and welcome to this episode of Legacy Therapy, Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. This is Stacy golden Lisnock, your financial advocate with another podcast talking about things that you should be interested in. So today I have with me Melanie, Melanie Prather-Studer. And um, she is a wife, she's a mom, she's also an educator, speaker, and parenting mentor. She's a mom of three great kids, and they're all in their teens and early 20s. She's a teacher of preschool, elementary, and now middle school. You can say that she's seen it all. At Parenting High Schoolers, she shares ideas for parents of teens, mom self-care, and inspiration for you as you travel the road called life. She shares resources and insights that she's gained through her years of a mom of teens. So welcome, Melanie. We, um, I know we have a lot to talk about. We've talked a little bit off air and um, you have some really great stories I wanted to share with people to let them know that these things that I've been talking about, the conversations that I've been bringing over and over and over are not just coming from the so-called like financial advisors and tax preparers and attorneys and all of, all of us here on this side of the conversation. I love that you're on the total, the mom, the educator and the other side of it and realized early on that um, this is important stuff. So I wanted to hear um, about that again because I think that people should realize that this is real for real. And you, you've seen things firsthand too. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, so uh, we talked earlier and um, I think my husband and I are sort of like the nerdy over planner, you know, always be prepared, you know, he was a boy scout. And um, back in the day, we had just gotten a new financial advisor. And one of his big things was you need to be prepared if something were to happen to you. And of course you always say, oh yeah, we need to write wills or you know, those things, but he was really on us and I'm so thankful, but, um, so yeah, I, I would say our kids are 23, 20 and 16. Now I think about that. So it's been at least more than 10 years, maybe even more like 15. I think our youngest was a baby. Probably we went through the process of getting, uh, all those things together. We got a will, we got powers of attorney. We got, um, we wrote, uh, we, we even went so far as to write out, um, once we picked kids, uh, what's the guardian, the guardian. Yes. Uh (laughs) So once we picked the guardians, we felt like there were so many things, like if we weren't around, we wanted them to know what our decisions would have been, or at least an idea, an outline of like, at what point, and how much money did we want them to spend on different things? So we really, you know, it was an ongoing document for a long time. Now the kids are old enough that I would hope that the oldest yeah. boy, something were to happen to us, he would take care of his little brother. But yeah, but you were talking things like even how much you would want them to spend on a first car, 
or things yep. like that. Look, what other things did you have? Like very little, because we know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so but yeah, but like, safe, but safe and reliable, but not spend the fortune. Yeah, spend as little <laughs> as possible. Um, yeah. Well, we talked about things like, you know, I mean, we, you know, we also wanted that, that young couple that now have three kids of their own um, to have, you know, they knew us, they babysat our kids. Uh, she continued to tutor them for years. Um, within reasonable limits, we were like, so these are what we were thinking. Like, obviously you're going to be with them and make the ultimate decision, but you know, we're pretty, we live within a budget and we wanted them to always know how to, that would work. And, um, we wanted them all to be a boy scouts, um, for as long as possible, you know, you, and again, that would have been dependent upon them, but, uh, we, we've tried to include as many things as detail as possible so that they could pick and choose what was going to work for them. But, you know, and again, I think they would have honored as many things as they could have. I mean, good to know where you stood on things because, Otherwise, they wouldn't have any idea. But obviously, when you pick them, it was because they had some values that you could appreciate, and you didn't feel um, that there was a better alternative. Like, like sometimes you settle for like a family member or something, but it really wouldn't be your first choice. So you didn't have to do that, but you had some right. We, and we had family, but I just felt like for what we wanted and the way we raised our kids, and that was a little bit of a tiny issue way back then, but I think over time, I think everyone realized that it was, it would have been the best choice. Sure. Um, But one, another thing that we also picked were, was a trustee to handle the boys finances, because I didn't, I had a friend in college that her parents assigned an uncle to the kids, a trustee for them to go to if they needed money for college or a car or whatever. Even though the parents were alive? Yes. Oh, that's and interesting. It was, and it was kind of weird, you know, mm-hmm. like what's a trustee, you know, you're 18 and you're a freshman in college, like, why right. do you have to go to your uncle? Right. But I think that at the time, the dad, his reasoning, and I don't know, I would have to confirm this, but whereas a couple of things first, you know, he said, you know, if something were to happen to us, you would be already used to talking to someone else. And I'm talking to my brother all the time. So it's not like he's going to make a decision that I wouldn't. Um, and it kind of took that stress of, you know, cause sometimes there could be friction when you're talking about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just kind of a, we did not set that up for, you know, now, like we talked to our kids about their money and that's yeah. not something we delegated, but we did feel like as much responsibility as it would have been for this couple to have our kids, we felt like they didn't need to be in charge of the money. They need, it needed to be someone they could work with, but that, those are two huge jobs. And so we would have divided that up. Yeah. Wow. A lot of thought goes into that. And I know a lot of couples shy away from it. Did you have any um, conflicts in coming up with the decision or did you, but were you both sort of on the same page on that? Um, That was actually kind of nice. Um, So we actually, because we did this sort of learned a lot about what each other would have wanted because our kids weren't very old yet. You know, if, if our youngest was a baby. So let's say he was one or two, our oldest was seven years older. So he would have maybe been nine or 10. So there were a lot of things to come that we hadn't discussed. So we, it was kind of nice to kind of hash those things out. And like you said, it did take a long time. It was an ongoing process. Um, 
And there were, like I said, I think there was a little bit of not hostility, but a little bit of disappointment, maybe like, yeah, disappointment or like, why didn't you choose, you know, who, you know, your brother or your sister, but, um, Mm -hmm. we just said, you know, these, we are in close contact, um, this couples with our kids all the time because of tutoring and babysitting, and it would have just been a natural flow, right? They wouldn't have been as upset going with somebody that had been routinely watching them anyways, or tutoring them or whatever you said they did. Right. And they had the same exact values as we did. And not that our family members didn't, but, um, it just felt more comfortable to us. And that's just, so a lot, so in in my core, in my course, the section on the guardianship, we, you know, we go over quite a bit of things. We also talk about pets because pets are another thing that, you know, need to be taken care of like right away. Um, Right or they don't have a very good outcome usually. But, um, but the thing with the guardians, and, and it's like a lot of times it's never come to a conclusion because the husband has one idea, the wife has another idea, never should the two <laughs> cross paths, right? So what I learned and what I you know basically teach in that part of the course is you each have a pros and cons page, right? And like, here's the pros, here's the cons of the person that that I choose. You do a pros and cons of the person you choose. And if then we still can't come to a decision, then you pick your person, I'll pick my person and whomever is the the last to die, their person wins. You you know, because obviously if only one dies, they still have a parent. Yeah, I mean, that's a very logical way to solve that problem. Thankfully, like I said, my husband and I were pretty much on the same page. Um, yeah, but I don't know that that's the con. I don't know that that's. I the- don't know that that's. Yeah, I think that's probably very uncommon. We were in the middle of paying off a ton of student loan debt, though, for my husband, and I think from the get go, like even before we got married, we really had to make some decisions. Really, as a young married couple, like how were we going to live our life and, and how was this, you know, maybe we would be wildly successful eventually, but in the meantime, how were they, how are we going to work things out? And so I know a lot of people fight about money, but that is one thing we have, we just didn't have any to begin with, you know? Right. right. But I like the, I, I like what you said though, you were sitting down with the financial advisor. So yes. in, in and of just that statement itself shows the progression of the fact that you realize that you, you know, you need an outside person really that can guide you to the success. And I think a lot of people think, well, I don't have anything. It's not going to be worth their time. or I don't want to be sold something. And people have all these stories they tell themselves, um, which puts them really in a bad spot down the road because it's almost like they just have been getting along fine without the help of a stranger Um, so they can just continue on for years and years and years. And then it gets to the point where they should have done things much differently, uh, much earlier, and they never gave themselves that opportunity. And I think if that, if that one message could get across to people that you're not the expert in the financial field, if that's not, and even if you are, to be honest, you should have somebody else, you should have somebody else looking at your stuff. Yeah. At least let somebody else with fresh eyes take a look at what you're doing. And so as a financial advisor myself, I was a a CFP for over 30 years. And, you know, I I didn't have anybody else come and look at my stuff. And I really kind of regret that because I think it's just like anything else. When you're too close to the situation, you're not seeing the forest for the trees and you really are, you miss some things. 
Um, I can just tell you right now, when I was sick, I had a disability plan that I had put in place four years earlier because I was thinking, you know what, if I become disabled, I really need to have like an income stream some kind of way. So I had this disability plan that ended up not paying off because it was the wrong kind of disability plan. It was a total disability. And if any of you have a disability plan right now, I'd like you to go pull it out and look at the description of when it will pay because total disability means you cannot answer a phone call, return an email or do anything other than, I don't know, lay on the couch because I, when I was filling out the application to get it activated after my 30, uh, or nine, 90 days, was a waiting period. Um, they're asking me all these questions. And I'm like, why do they need to know like how many this and how many of that am I doing? Right. I'm, I, I can't work. I'm, I'm just like, I'm on all these drugs. I can barely like manage, but I did return a phone call here and there. I did open my email and respond. I did open my mail. I did, you know, deposit some checks that came in the mail with my phone. I mean, little thing. Well, that disqualified me from this total disability policy. No. So I was so upset. Anyway, little side, little yeah. sidebar there. My husband has a disability, uh, so I'll have to. Yeah. Make what I should have had so was a rider that is for partial disability. Okay. That I didn't. I'm not saying that I wasn't offered it because I don't remember, but it was an extra three or four hundred dollars a year to have this rider but I would have been able to get probably an 80 to 90% of the benefit because I was, um, I wasn't even doing 10 or 15% of my work, but um, they might've said that, but anyway, just saying, look it up and see what the definition is of disabled. I'll um, have to your insurance. Have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry for the side. So many things that, no, but so many things to think about. And yeah. you know, my best friend, lost her husband to glioblastoma eight or nine years ago. And I was thinking about her when we, I was getting ready to talk to you. And I just, thankfully their kids were almost, their daughter was a senior in high school and their son was a freshman and they had saved, saved, saved. They had enough for both kids to go to college by the time this happened. And his, her husband had a really good life insurance policy. Now, as far as all the rest of it, um, I know before he lost his faculties, he was able to change passwords and update and all that kind of stuff, but it could have happened so differently and so much more quickly or, and I have, you know, I have a friend that two weeks ago came home and her husband was gone and she's having to deal with so much. It's just, it's a horrible thought, but the more that you can do to help that transition, it's already going to be horrible. I just wow. can't imagine either situation right, right. or taking 14 months to die either way is yeah <clears throat> well I mean in the latter at least you do have some time but I had um, a friend lost his wife like that it just got to the point where she wasn't going to get better so she just went home and she tried to like debrief him on pretty much everything she could think of in that particular state of mind and when it came right down to it there were several things that she just didn't realize uh, assets that she had at like prior employers and things like that, that he's uncovered. So, you, you know, it's taken over a year, almost two years, but it's like, what else is he missing? You know, right. what else? Yeah. And it's hard to keep track of all of that, even when you're 
healthy. Like, you know, yes. I'm like, oh gosh, why didn't I write that password down? Like there's so yeah. many things. Right That's now. why it's a work in progress. Like you said, it's not something that you're going to do in a weekend um, right. that you're, that you think you're going to get done real quick. So even like the course that I have is seven modules. And I, I mean, I think easily three months, if you're really quick and probably more like six months for everybody else. And it's just a matter of doing it consistently and some things you have to actually write away for and wait to get the responses right. back and things <clears throat> because not everybody has everything. They can't find things. I, I can tell you how many people I sold life insurance for a lot of years and <clears throat> we had to deliver the policy in person and get a signed delivery notice. That's the only time. Then we got paid. Huh? So I know that I delivered the policies. Okay. And I have had, I can't tell you how many people call and say, I never got my policy. I, I need another one. Well, the insurance companies are a little wise to that. Like they charge $25, most of them uh, to reprint because it's the time and the materials and the postage and everything else. And people are so quick to just say, well, I lost it or I never got it. <clears throat> so um, just saying that people just misplace things, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and they sometimes don't even want to go look for them it's just easier to just re yeah. uh, replace. I am totally, totally guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, shame on you. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I'm going to, my last day of teaching is May 28th and my office is at the top of the list of what I'm going to organize so that I can find all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you it's know that, do you, I just created a new Facebook page and do you, I'm calling it um, planning and organizing your I guess I could planning and organizing your affairs for all ages and stages of life. So planning and organizing your affairs <laughs> for all ages and stages of life. And, you know, I, I, when I picked it, the, the thing that you do is you go into Facebook and you put a keywords like plan and like, like organize like ages and see, do you know that organize, I found a group that had like 325,000 people in it or something like that. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what the heck is everybody all about organizing? Well, it was that Marie Kondo uh, phase that people were going through where it was all about organizing. But there are organizing groups. There's a lot of organizing coaches. And there's something to be said about organizing because if you're organized, you you can just function better because it's a it's a, well, you know, a cluttered place versus an organized place. You right. just feel it's so much better. Saver. And I was about halfway through that job when, cause I started doing it during COVID last summer, just assuming we would be online for my school and we ended up being a person. So I'm like, huh. So I just crisscrossed my stacks and they're waiting for me for this summer. Cause I've had no time. Yeah. Yeah. Last and now. Yeah. I, and, and I, I would, I would love to um, <clears throat> include organ, an organizing um, component to my course, because I think sometimes that's what stops people from doing the job yeah. because they don't, they just don't even know where anything is to even get started. They've right. been really bad about it. Never, you know, people don't even open their mail. I mean, I, I just, I'm just more curious than that. <laughs> I can't not open my mail. I to get rid of it. I open it. If I need to deal with it, I do. And otherwise yeah. it stays yeah. around. Yeah. Crap. So, I mean, there's so many things, there's so many different, um, uh, what's, what's strategies or whatever people do about their yeah. stuff. Um, and so what I've done in my, in my life is I've kind of taken over everything, which is why when I got sick, I realized nobody knows how to do anything. And so it's, it's a bad place to leave people. 
if you should disappear out of the out of the picture, then they don't know how to do anything. And that, and, and, and the same true for women. I've had women on my, on my podcast. Um, PK was one example. She wanted to name hers riches to rags because when she was married and her husband was alive um, and she was raising her children, he handled all the finances. She handled the kids and the household and everything. And they, they had a lovely life. They had rentals, they had vacations, they, they had new cars. They had a beautiful house, everything. When he passed away, she finds out they have nothing and she became homeless and he just had, you know, you just don't know. And so she learned this huge lesson and, and, you know, how would you like that to happen to you when you're in your late sixties? You know, there was a, I'm a big movie. Uh, I'll have to text you it or email you it. When I think of it, there's, it's the same story. This woman has this lovely life. It's in great Britain. And uh, her husband dis- passes away, and she finds she finds out a lot. And one of the things is that he really has no money. And so it's the story of her solving that problem, and it's it's pretty cute. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I, I always like the good ending ones. The, yeah. The, uh, so I'll have to. Yeah. Remember what it's called and email yeah. you. So. Yeah. Excellent. So I was looking at you emailed me this off to college document list. So. Yes. I love this. I, uh, you mentioned that I blog at parentinghighschoolers.com and I, my big, my passion is to help parents, especially moms of teens. And I love this off to college document list. I have a blog post with you and I have talked about this, about a lot of these things, HIPAA and FERPA and the powers of attorney, yes. all of these things um, that are so important. Um, and I just think that this, I am going to have to put a link to your guide in my, cause I don't have anything like that. Yeah. I just have like, this is what you need to know when your child turns 18 and yeah. it's a lot. Yes. And, and the thing to, too, to just like, just to bring, and we talked about this too, they don't, they're not even expensive documents or documents you can oh. download. And, you know, you might need to get notarized or whatever, but you can do that at AAA. I mean, this doesn't have to be like, hundreds or thousands of dollars thing that stops you from doing it. This is something that when your kids turn 18, you no longer have access to even find out what time their doctor's appointment is. They won't even tell you stuff of that benign. Yeah. I find, I found to be really like, I was just like, what? Yeah, you're very taken aback. You're like, wait a minute, I just made that appointment. Are you kidding me? Like, you need to change it. No, there are, we can't release that information to you. Like Exactly. And wow. so, yeah. So, so parents, I think um, it's just one of those things that if you don't have it in place and then you need access to their medical, their school records, their financial, any of these things that you need to be able to do, you're going to be just blocked out. And so um, right. it, it should be something everyone does. And then I think you were mentioning to me the other way around too, when you've got children that now are, you know, they're, they're adults, they're adults now and in the law's eyes anyway, um, should something happen to you, then they're, they're going to be the ones they need to talk to. And yeah, because they're mean, not little kids anymore. Like they're not going to be needing guardians, but they're going to be on their own. Right. And yeah. so that's one thing I was saying that, you know, when our children were small and we did all that initial organization, we told them if something ever happened, you know, you would go to our, these people and, um, 
And they, of course, were like, they didn't want to talk about it, but I'm like, that's okay. We're, we're not, we don't have to talk about it, but we want you to know this. So it's not a surprise. Right. And then now I'm thinking, you know, I've got two kids in their twenties and I don't think they, like my husband has given me a list of who to call and what to do if, in the case of his death. But if we're both gone, I, we need to have, we need to revisit this topic with the boys. Like where, yeah, yeah. where do you need to go? You know, where's that document for you? Right. Exactly. And, you know, that's the thing too. Like if you are in like a bad accident or something, and then somebody needs to make a decision about what your wishes would have been or are, um, if that's not act, if it's, if it's nowhere to be found, it just puts everything in a, in a bad spot. I mean, you know, either, either nothing gets done or they just do it the best they can or whatever, whatever happens, it isn't the ideal. Um, Right. And you mentioned in here that they need, so if your student goes away to school, which I never, my both boys stayed in Missouri, but which is where we are, but I would have never thought to have is set for home and then the state where they are, which is a great thought. And also what was the other thing I noticed? Um, Oh, that things need to be updated. Now we just had the boys do their power of attorneys and wills last summer during COVID. We're like, if you guys get sick, we need to be able to make decisions. I mean, and it was a conversation that like my big thing conversation with your teen. Um, yeah, we had that conversation, like, you know, it's not because we want, you know, we're going to kill you off. We, <laughs> we want to be able to help the doctor, you know, here's your history. And, right. you know, if there's a horrible decision that has to be made. We need to know what your wishes are. Right. So, um, it wasn't fun, but COVID really kind of brought it all to a head. Like, Right. We need to know this stuff, guys, so that we can help you yeah. help yourself if time I, comes. I know. I just and you know, I didn't when I started my journey on this. Obviously, it was pre-COVID. I mean, I had gotten sick, but that was before the COVID thing. And so I was thinking at the time, you know, this has always been important, and I've always thought it's important, but it's very difficult to get people to take action because they think they have time, and you know, time is time is all we have. And then when you don't ask people to do this work, they say they don't have time. And so it's like this, this thing about time and, and just my, my little tiny, I'm probably getting off on a tangent, but <laughs> what I wanted to say about time is that if you take a slice of your time now and do this work so that, because you're the one that knows what you have and what you want and, you know, if you take a slice of your time now and do that, you're going to save a giant hunk of somebody else's time because they don't know anything about anything to start because you have nothing in place and your stuff is a mess. And so I just think it's a total injustice that you would, that you would choose that for people, right? So if you understand that, if you take a minute, and I just think that's the problem, people don't ever get in the conversation around it. And so it's like, you know, like out of sight, out of mind, it's like, what is it? You know, like, you just don't know. So how would you know? Uh, It's, you know, I didn't know. It's like, well, now you can't say you didn't know. (laughs) It's like, like, right. And here's the thing. I really feel like we all owe it to whoever's going to be dealing with things when we're gone. And that's a hard enough time. And like I said, just recently, my friend that I teach with lost her husband, like suddenly, and then my friend, my best friend, and I lived through that year with her. It was just awful 14 months of knowing it was coming. And it was still the aftermath 
right? Even though he was fairly organized and they were together and he was able to transfer a lot of this to her. Right. Um, it, it, it's hard enough that it just that whole. Oh, if everything's in order, it's hard enough. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a second job for anybody that's dealing with settling yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. And it depends how complex your life is, obviously. So that's the other thing, like, how long is this going to take? Okay. How long is it going to take? You know, okay. You talked me into it. Like, it's like, how long is it going to take? I don't know. Like how complicated is your life? Are you, you've been married three times and you have the house. Finish, but start. (laughs) Get started and then we'll decide. But, but no, I mean, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of complex issues in your life, then obviously it's going to be done much sooner than someone, you know, with kids all over different, different marriages, different businesses, partners, different, different houses in different states or cities. You you own a bunch of things and it's all great when you're accumulating them all, but if they're not handled properly as you're accumulating, they become this huge liability and nightmare for somebody else to have to deal with. Um, because it's just everything is not everywhere, but you know, it's just the same, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So when I, um, back to what I was saying (laughs) that I can remember now, what I was saying was that when I started, it was pre COVID. And what I was thinking was at the time, it's always been important, but it's almost like it has to be like super to your, in your face, kind of, this could happen to me because most people are like, eh, I'm young. You know, everybody in my family lives to be really old. You know, I'm really healthy. I, you know, I'm at the gym every week, every day. I eat really healthy. I've got all these reasons why they're going to live forever. But at the time you could go to Walmart to buy your kids school supplies and get gunned down. So that's what was happening at the time. These mass shootings where you could just go out and not come back. Like just the most innocent of things, right? And so it was like, hey, this is this is re- real life. It happened, it's happening all over the world. It just happened this week. And now it's starting to happen again. Yeah, on top of COVID. So I had a cousin that passed away from COVID. Um, you know, he, you ask him, he was going to live to be 120. That was his goal. But he died like two days before he turned 76. And he drove himself to the hospital and he never came out. So it's like, you, I don't think he thought he was going to die when he went to the hospital. He just knew he was so sick. He needed to go, but no one ever believes that this is it for them. And you only, it only happens to you once. And it's not like, you know, there are people where have had near death experiences, right? I mean, you know that a lot of people, and I'm going to tell you that those same people get through it and still don't do anything to be prepared. Even though they've seen it like up close and personal, they don't, it still isn't motivating. So I'm not, I'm not sure. You think it's denial? I mean, not to get all, I just Hmm? don't want, you don't want to think about it. It's denial. People are in denial that they're, that they have a limited amount of time. And then um, I have three things that I think it is. It's, it's procrastination. Number one, it's just, we're just great procrastinators, but everybody's like, yep, that's me. I'm a procrastinator. Okay. I'll get in that line. And then the denial one is really just the denial. The fact that, you know what, you have a limited time and we don't know when that's going to be. And everybody's got an expiration date. That's, it's just, we're in denial over that. But then the third thing is you may not even have those two things. You just don't even know where to start. Like you're just overwhelmed by the whole enormity of it. And you just couldn't even know where to start. And so any one of those 
is the reason why you should do it, right? Because if you're procrastinating, that's, you know, that you're putting it off. Like that's the definition of it, right? It's like, you know, you have something to do and you're procrastinating, you're not doing it. So that's number one, you already know. The denial one, it's like, come on, you got to get over that because that's just like denial. That's the ostrich with the head in the sand and Okay, we're, we're, we, we already know what that is. And then the last one is you just don't know where to start is, but you know, you need to start. So right. the whole right. thing is about what you do as a teacher and a coach and an educator. It's like, it's all about getting the proper guidance and so that you can be guided through and get it done and then move on with your life. Yeah, and I highly recommend at least minimum getting a power of attorney and uh, will for your kids because- like I said, you just, you just don't know. I've got a friend, one, my, my blogging bestie, uh, her son had appendicitis and they could not, they could not do anything. They just had to sit there. I mean, and hope that he was okay. There was, they couldn't help make any of the decisions. So it's just scary mm. enough that, um, yeah. you, you brought, you brought these kids into the world and you spent your time and your money and all your efforts to get them to where they are. And so this is just a tiny thing in the whole scheme of things that could just be taken care of. And then also to let them know what to do in the case of, even if you're not organized, at least a list of phone numbers, you know, like this is our attorney and, you know, this is where the few documents that we do have, you know, it's a safety deposit box or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of times we don't want to talk to our teens about, I think a lot of times you procrastinate on that too. Like I though they're too young. I don't want to freak them out. Well, hello, they're really going to be freaked out if something happens to you and you've not talked about it at all. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, a three hour conversation, just maybe, you know, something we want to talk about before you leave for college is yeah. just, here's yeah. a list of instructions and it's going to be in this drawer. And right. You know, I mean, but at a certain point they've witnessed, you know, a grandparent or a neighbor or somebody else's grandparent or so, they they've seen things happen. They know it happens, but you're right. Like it, that whole conversation, it's just like not happening enough right. so that people understand. Right. There's a lot of conversations that we need to have with our teens that are very easy to put off. And that's my whole thing is don't put it off. Talk about all the things because you're run, you're going to run out of time and then they're going to be gone. And you, you haven't had a, you haven't talk, told them what is important to you or, right. uh, and I think a lot of times teens like push, push, push. Yeah. I will talk to you. You know, I would rather be with my friends and just schedule those times where you can 15, 20 minutes. It's all you need. Just have a list of the things you want to talk about, not just death and all this, but anything yeah. that you want them to know. Yeah. So boy, I feel like we could just talk all day. Um, I'm not even sure how, where we are on the time, but probably past time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll wrap it up, but um, can you just, just kind of tell people how they can get a hold of you, see your blog, see what you've got going on. I know it'll be in the show notes, but go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm at blog, uh, my blog is, or website, I never know what to call it. It's www.parentinghighschoolers with an S.com. And on that, you can get to, you know, there's a search bar if you are looking for topics. If you 
don't see a topic that you want me to find out about, there's a link to get on my email list in there. I think it's in the, I think I put it in the, um, it's mel at parentinghighschoolers.com is my email. So if you want to be put on the email list and you couldn't find the link, just let me know that. Um, yeah, I just, I'm on YouTube, Melanie Prather Studer, Parenting High Schoolers, long title, but I'm there talking about dating and, you know, parenting and, you know, taking care of yourself as a mom. And I just started in October, so I don't have a ton of videos, but I feel like I just, I watch, you know, different groups and I'm like, oh, that's a good question I could try to answer. And I don't know all the answers, but I'm just yeah. trying to be helpful. So, yeah, well, I think it's really great. The more people that are having these conversations, the more, you know, not, you can't just listen to one person, right? There's got to be many people having the conversation for it to rise to the top. So that's really great. And I appreciate you coming on and giving your, your side of, of uh, being prepared early on and, and just dealing with it with people thinking that you're strange and why would you think that? And boy, you're, you know, are you morbid or what, what did they think you were? You were morbid. morbid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were, I mean, we were in our thirties, but mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing to speak to like buying life insurance or having those conversations. It's like, you got to get those things when you're young, when you're healthy. And um, it's like too late after things happen. You can't, you can't go back and turn the clock back. So, um, and I mean, it could be, it could be an accident. I mean, you could, you could just be in the wrong place, the wrong time, have something happen. Um, but like with me, you know, I, I realize that, you know, your body is only as, you know, your body can fail you. And um, I have a cousin that has MS and I talked to her. She's had MS for 15 years. We're the same age. She can only use her right arm barely and nothing else works any longer. The last time I saw her, she was holding onto the wall to get anywhere. And that was probably 10 years ago. And it's just this real progressive disease and, um, you know, I just talked to her and just like, wow, who, whoever thought you'd get, you know, this, this would be your, your hand that you were dealt, you know, you get what you get and you just have to take care of the body that you have. I mean, so many people don't, um, you know, sometimes you have to get sick to be able to do it. I mean, like I'm, you know, went well, to you focus your efforts after your illness. And I think, I think it's great that you've chosen this platform to help people mm. to be ready. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah. Well, thank you. And so on that, uh, check out my website. So it's www.gotittogethernow.com. And on there, you'll see the program. You'll see uh, a link to all the podcast episodes and all kinds of other resources and information um, just to get yourself together. If you have your documents organized and you have everything laid out, you'll be able to leave this stress-free legacy that everyone desires because in the end, you know, that's all you really have is how people remember you. And if they're going to remember you by the burdens that you placed on them and the fact that they no longer speak with their siblings and things were such a mess, that's not the legacy you want to leave. That's the legacy I want to leave. I can't speak for you, but the legacy I want to leave is not that one. So um, check it out. So with that, signing off, this is Stacy Golden-Lisnock, your financial advocate. Thanks, Melanie, for joining us. And you guys have a great day and be safe out there. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Therapy Podcast. 
If we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. You can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, legacytherapypodcast.com. Come.